0: Hallelujah! Bless your Lord. Hallelujah! Amen. Wow, what a meeting we're having so far this morning. Amen. Amen. The Lord is in the house. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. We are here, and the Lord is here. Amen. Amen. You know that that song just went. The Spirit of God is here, and there's an overflowing of the Spirit of God coming into this place, coming into this building, coming over this congregation. We are we are stepping into the kingdom. And we are stepping into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, as I was, uh, as I was praying uh, for a couple of weeks, like what the Lord wants us to share. This morning, you know, I was praying and I was searching my heart. I was searching the things of God. I was searching the scriptures. And, and I came to a few things, you know, and I was like, God, like what is it that, that we need to share this morning? Uh, and, and, and the Lord spoke to me about Abraham. You know, Abraham in Genesis, it came out that he was an old man. And, and when the Lord came to him, the Lord told him, you're going to be the father of many, many nations. Wow. You know, at the time, Abraham, he was an old man. He, he didn't have any heirs. He was like, I'm going to be the father of many, many nations. Wow. You know, and Abraham didn't, he didn't, you know, think, oh, God, I think there's something off here, you know. He didn't do that. Abraham believed God. Yes. Go and on. the Lord said that he was counted Righteous. You know, this is in the beginning of the Bible. You know, we have to believe God to be counted righteous in front of God. You know, I went through the scriptures of Jesus. His first sermon that he preached was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven down to earth. You know, the last message Jesus told the disciples to go and preach, he said, go out and preach the kingdom of heaven. You know, we have been set free. You know, we have been set free. We have been orphaned. And Jesus came and he made us heirs. You know, and as as I was further going through the scriptures, I was looking at the epistles of Paul. And this primarily writes to the church. And the message today is primarily for the church. But not only for the church. You know, and, and, and Paul says a lot of things to the people. And a lot of it is, is always centered around the same thing. It's the position that we have to have to enter into the kingdom of God. What is, this, what is our position? What is our posture when we come into the kingdom of heaven? What is our posture? You know, and, and Paul speaks and he says how we are supposed to act with each other. He says we should be lowly and gentle. He says we should deem the other more important than yourself. He says we should love each other. He said we should cover each other with grace. He said we should walk in unity. You know, these are all the things that he's been said, and many, many other things in the apostles of Paul and in the kingdom message of Jesus. You know, and then I asked myself, you know, why is it so hard? Like, why is it so hard for me? To do all these things. Yeah, that's right. You know, what, what is holding me back from stepping into the kingdom? What is holding me back? And I was searching. <coughs> and what I've realized in my search and, and what the Lord has revealed to me in my search. Is that we are all trapped. We are trapped by this world. And we are trapped by the enemy, and we are trapped by our flesh. And I'm not just going to say that, I am going to prove that to you in Scripture. We are going to read today out of primarily Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 10. But I'm going to start with Ephesians one to three. And you, He made alive, who were dead. Yeah. Now, if you just pause there for a second, that kind of gives you the the, the, the status in what we are in. Yeah. Dead in trespasses and sins, yeah. which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, amongst whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and whereby nature we are children of wrath, just as the others. You know, that is, that is mind-blowing. That is eye-opening scripture that yeah. Paul is telling us what we have been redeemed from. Yeah. Paul is telling us who we've been redeemed from. Yeah. And Paul is telling us what we have been redeemed from, you know. Uh, Adam's preached two weeks ago. I was or Three weeks ago, I wasn't here, but we listened to the preach on our way back in the car. And he spoke about, um, you know, God saving us from, our, from his wrath. You know, and, and Barry last week spoke about... The status and the corruption of the world that we are in. You know, and the wrath of God is clearly stated in this message that Paul is bringing to the children. You know, this world that we are in, just recent events at the Commonwealth Games. I don't know whoever saw that or didn't see it. Actually, my wife was the first one that came to me and, and, like, alerted me to what happened here at the Commonwealth Games. They actually brought in this, like, this. Bull, and this bull was represented like as Baal. If you if you spiritually look at it, they brought in this bull, and everybody was like worshiping this bull, you know. And everybody was just worshiping the bull, and the bull was angry. The bull's eyes was red until people started worshiping the bull, and then the bull would go not red anymore. And it would go light, you know, because even the bull, even the bull which is represented as Satan, he sometimes comes across as the light, but we have to be wary of him because he, he, he comes in false pretenses and then as they stop worshiping the bull the bull then goes red again you know showing yeah. that what what does what what does, what does what does lucifer want what does satan want yeah. he wants to be worshiped yeah. he wants the position of god yeah. Yeah. He is the father of lies you know he was he was he was thrown out of heaven oh, yeah. because he was the father of lies you know and that and, and the first lie was ever recorded was by the serpent, lying to the woman, telling her, surely you will not die. (laughs) You know, surely not. Opposite of what God said. And what happened, you know, she listened. And that set in in course a whole course of events, where we find ourselves today, in a fallen world, in a fallen body, with that same enemy that we have to fend off all the time 1 John 2:15 to 16 says do not love the world or the things in this world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that the world is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but of the world James says it in 4, James 4. Adulterers and adulteries. do you not know that friendship with this world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be friends of the world makes themselves enemies of God. You see, often we, we come to, to Jesus. You know, we come out of the world and we come to Jesus and we kneel at the cross and we accept salvation. But does it stop there for us? Is there more? Do we understand what we've been redeemed from? Are we going back? Or are we still staying? Do we know who the message is for? Do we even know who the message is for? That Jesus brought. That Paul's speaking about. That God is speaking about. The the, the, the worship was so in tune with, with the message today of the Spirit of God. Because we are talking about the things of the Spirit. We are not talking about the things that we can see. We are not talking about the flesh that is sinful, the world and the enemy. You see, what we have, real, uh, what we have to realize is like, we are almost trapped. You know, we are, we are surrounded by forces opposed to God. And un- unless you make a conscious decision, unless you make an effort, unless you say, I am not going to partake in that that is no longer me. You know, even if it is you, you have to say it's no longer me. And you have to, you, have to, you know, feed the spirit. You know, Paul says that we have to walk by the spirit. Yeah. You know, the word that came is of spirit. You know, when, 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 when Jesus created us, he said in, in, in um, Genesis 126, yeah. let's create man in our image. Now, often, me talking about myself. When I think of that, or used to think of that, I would think of the person looking back at me in the mirror. I would picture God like every person in this room combined, almost. Although that's a difficult like, kind of picture to picture. But that's more or less what I thought, more or less, of God and the image of God. But it's clear in Scripture that God is spirit. God blew his spirit into us. The image of God is the spirit of God. The image of God is the spirit within you. The spirit that has been orphaned from the beginning. The spirit that Jesus came to save. Jesus did not come to save your body. You know, Jesus didn't come to save our hairline or our belly button or whatever. You know, Jesus didn't come to save us, our bodies, because there's a newsflash. And you all know it. Your body's already dead. It's slowly dying. You know, we are all going to get a new body. Hallelujah. Those that believe in God in this house. Yes, we are all going to get a new body in the second coming. Hallelujah. All that believe that in this house, we are all going to get a new body when Jesus comes back. You know, the thing that is really, that always stirs me up, you know. But it also makes me so sad. Is the scripture that says, every knee shall bow, and every single tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, that day is going to be a amazing day for, for a lot of us, but it's going to be a sad day for a lot of others. Yeah, come on, you know? Come on, come on. Where am I in this note? <laughs> um... So we have to deal with the world. We have to deal with the enemy. Jesus speaking to the Jews in John 8:44 says the following. You are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning And does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources. Another translation says he speaks of his his native language. For he is a liar and he is the father of it. You know, lying is Satan's primary weapon against the children of God. You know, Satan doesn't need to lie. Or, you know, the system of the world is enough for the people... That doesn't believe. Satan and his minions or fallen angels or demons, they don't go after the people that's already condemned or that's not saved. That's not their mission. Their mission is to go after you and me and everybody that has accepted Jesus in their lives. Their mission is to dethrone you. Their mission is to keep you from your purpose. Their mission even worse, is to keep you from heaven. Their mission is to take them with them. Take you with them. You know, and, and, and so often in the church, we don't speak about Satan. We do not. You know, and, 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 and rightfully so, mostly, because he has been defeated. But, we have to also understand who's our adversary. Yes. You know, we need to know him. Yes. Because trust me, they do know us. They know the Bible, they know Scripture, they know you, they know how to get to you. You know, and if you do not know how to fend that off, what chance do we have? So we have to know how to fend off the things that the enemy throws at us. You know, his number one lie is obviously that God doesn't exist. He used people like Darwin and all these people to fool the world, to trick the world, and they fall for it, you know, this is his domain, kind of, and he tricks the people into thinking all sorts, you know, they are God, there is no God, God isn't good enough, for to the Christians. God isn't good enough, I mean, I am not good enough for God, what can I do, you know? You know, the first thing that Satan wants to do... So I'm speaking to anybody in this room that might be struggling with anything spiritually. The first thing that Satan wants to do is remove you from your support structure. The first thing that Satan wants to do is to isolate you. You see, because he's a bully. That's what he is. He wants to isolate. He wants to take you into a corner away from everybody else. That's his first job. And once he has you in the corner... He's going to beat you up slowly and slowly. And he's going he's gonna to torment you. And he's going to make you believe all the lies under the sun. Yeah. But we should know that he's lying. You know, the last thing about the world and the enemy and the flesh is then dealing with the flesh. Now we spoke about the external things that we have to deal with about the world and the enemy. But that's not actually where it stops, unfortunately. We still have to deal with the flesh as well. You know, and the thing is about the flesh, the world is offering the flesh exactly what it wants. That is why it's so easy to sin. That is why it's so easy to just fall into the traps. Because actually your flesh really, really desires that. Paul called it the desires and the lust of the f- eyes and the flesh. Your flesh desires the things that the world is offering. Yeah. You know, so it's easy to fall into those things for your flesh. <coughs> I was thinking that, oh, oh I heard this. And, the, and this like really stuck with me when somebody was explaining the corruption of the flesh. You know, and this will be for for every parent in the room might might have experienced this or or thought of this or or, or appreciate this in some way. When you have a child and they're born, you know, that first few months when you have a child, nobody needs to teach that child how to be selfish. (laughs) Nobody needs to teach that child how to be greedy. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, yeah? We've got one. Nobody needs to teach that child how not to share. You know, you have to teach that first couple of months, your main priority as a parent is to teach them how to share, how to not be greedy, how to stop crying for everything that they want. You know, um, those are small and and from a very early age already, they realize, you know what? I can get what I want, yeah? Yeah, Yeah, very early age. I just need to scream. And if that don't work, I just need to cry. And if that don't work, I'll just cry some more. You know, and they just keep on going. And everybody's just like, let's stop I- going around and stop him from crying or her from crying. Right? And they're like, oh, okay. I've got you. And they just keep on doing it. And one pastor said that the reason God made... <laughs> Anyways, this is a joke. The reason God made them so small, so cute, is so that we don't kill them at that age, <laughs> you know, and the reason that God made them so small is that they don't kill us, <laughs> you know, so if everybody ever felt like, oh, uh, you know what, <laughs> you know, so the flesh, the flesh is corrupt. And we have to recognise that as Christians. Galatians five nineteen to twenty one. Do we have the scriptures up or not? Uh, five nineteen to twenty one. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contention. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the likes. doesn't even stop there. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not, not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't be saved at a very, very dear price. You know, if we come to be saved, if we accept the free gift of salvation, we have to understand that, that is probably the most expensive purchase in the history of any purchase ever. Absolutely. It is by far yeah. the most expensive purchase in the history of any purchase. So we have to understand, when we come to God, he's purchased us. We no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to him. We cannot partake in these things anymore. We come from these things, but we have to step away. We have to turn our back. We have to repent. That's what Jesus said, repent. Because you know what he saved us from. We have to step away. But it's not good enough just to say, step away. I ask God, how do I step away? So if we continue in Ephesians 2. I'm continuing on verse 4 to 10. So the first three parts is talking about the system, the flesh, and the enemy that we are in. And then it says, but God. Yeah. Now, I just want to pause there. Yeah. But God. Yeah. You know, that is amazing. The, the position of that but God yeah. is so spiritually discerned. Yeah. You know, in the English language, they say anything before the but. Uh, like, you can say whatever you want. Everything, like, if you say but, it kind of null and void, everything that came before. But it isn't only but. It's but God. It's together. It is together. It is not only but. It is but God. And if we carry on there. But God. Who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love. With which he loved us. Even when we were. Dead. In trespasses. Made us alive. Together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up. Raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through, the, through faith and not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk with Him. We are His workmanship. There's a reason he sent his son, you know. The part in verse 1 to 3 is how, is what they had to save us out of. But we are still his workmanship, you know. And God bought us at the very, very dear price. So the question, I have two questions The same question for a different audience. <coughs> for the non-believers, for those sitting on the fence, for those wandering. do you want to remain trapped by this world? Do you want to remain trapped by the flesh? Do you want to remain trapped by the enemy? You know, the things of the flesh, this world teaches you, to operate in your five senses, sight, hearing, touching, smelling, I forget what's the last one, tasting, <laughs> tasting, thanks much. Yeah, going to nice restaurants, seeing nice things, buying nice things, going on nice holidays, searching and chasing, but do we ever find it? <laughs> When we walk in the flesh, do we ever find it? Like, look at the world. Look at the people. Look at the millionaires, the billionaires. You can always hear their stories. When I eventually reached it, when I got there, I was like, is that it? You know. Look at the sportsmen, the champions. All the facts they practiced for all their life is to win that championship. Boxers and sport personalities, all the like. And what they all have in common, what I've heard them, all say more or less, is that once they get there, once they achieve it, that's the time that most o- a lot of them, Tyson Fury spoke about, it, where a lot of them goes into depression, because right. they like, was that it? Yeah, right. You know, I always been chasing and been chasing this yeah. championship, right. but is that it? like I got here, Is that it? Is that all? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what? They're chasing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they're chasing? They're chasing the hidden things within them. They're chasing the desires of the Spirit that God is blue in them. Scripture. For God John four twenty four. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. John six, sixty three, it is spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. In one Corinthians two ten to twelve, it says the following. But God revealed them to us through His spirit, for the spirit thanks Mike, for the spirit searches. All things. Yes, the deep things of God. That's not all. (coughs) For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely, freely given to us. Paul, speaking to the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, gives us the position that we need to be in front of God. It says, in 1 Thessalonians 5 23. Now may God, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So 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 Paul is, is giving us the position that we have to accept the word on. We have to accept the word and the things of the kingdom of heaven with the spirit first. You know the world doesn't really teach us about much about the spirit. It doesn't really address the, it at all. It actually wants to keep you keep it hidden from you. They call it things like um, your sixth sense or intuition. They call it all these things, but because they have to give it something, because. Certainly there is something within us that's driving us. But we don't need all those things. It's been given to us ages ago in Scripture. It is the Spirit. We have to feed our spirits. We have to die to our flesh. We have to turn off the things of this world we have to turn around we have to repent so my question was then to God like how and 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 God revealed it to me in that way that you have been going about this all the wrong way like when you read the bible when you think of things when you get into my presence even You're taking it from your flesh to your soul. And your spirit is right at the bottom somewhere. And he says no. Because you know what? Just before that, I had a big meal. Before that, I was watching television. Before that, I was engaged all along with the things of this world in the flesh. So how can the spirit be any strong? And God told me. It's because you... You just engage in the world. You just engage with your flesh. Even if you pray, do you pray enough? I like, I don't know. Maybe not. If you look at Jesus, <laughs> and it's Jesus, you know, he fasted and he prayed often. He prayed often, and he prayed for hours. Same with the disciples. They prayed all the time. You know, we have to switch off the flesh. And the only way we can beat this is if we stop it. You know, we have to stop it in its tracks. We have to stop the flesh. Scripture tells us our battle starts internally. The battle is a b- between <laughs> the spirit, the flesh. And they are opposed to each other. <laughs> they are opposed. They had locked heads. Because the flesh just wants to partake. The flesh wants nice things. The flesh wants to see stuff. The flesh wants to taste things. Yeah. You know? We have to stop. God is asking us to stop. You know, because the enemy... <laughs> Has taken the gloves off. I don't know if you, are, if, you, if you guys are noticing. He's taken the gloves off. Look at the Grammy Awards. You know, Sam Smith, he was literally worshipping the devil on stage. Human and, and more transgenders, and they were being cheered on. In front of our eyes, the world is cheering that on. I'm pretty sure nobody will go up there and say something about God. Yeah. We are living in a world that is completely opposed to God. Yeah. But it will not, that's not the end of the story, as we know. But whilst we are here, you know, do we not want to partake of the table? <laughs> do we want to remain at the door? Of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't just come and, and yes, the cross is everything. And resurrection is everything. But is that the beginning of the story or the end of the story? So often we, we, we stay there. We think that's the end. That's not the end. That's the beginning of the story of the kingdom. Of God, you know, Jesus came and he spoke about how to function in the kingdom of God. Paul spoke about how to function in the kingdom of God. These are things that were so opposed to me. I'll be honest, I took offense to a lot of it. I, I did. I couldn't read it without like thinking, what? Are you serious? Like, must be wrong. Like, read it again. You know, Jesus' first uh, words with his Sermon on the Mount was Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's his first words. He's talking about our position that we should take for the rest of this message. Our position should be poor. A person that's poor knows that they need something. A person that's poor will go and ask. A person that's poor is not proud. Trust me, they want to eat and they will do anything to get it. Our spirits have to be poor. That's the position we have to be in. These are the things that I'll be honest, I've, I've taken offense for a lot in my life. Offense as it is opposed to everything I've, I've ever been taught in every book, in every teaching. Matthew five thirty nine verse 42. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn also to him the other. If anybody sues you and takes away your tunic, let them have your cloak also. I'm like, what? If anybody wants and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to them who ask you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. I'm like, I'll be honest. I really struggled with those scriptures. Because that's completely different from what I've ever been taught, ever. Because that almost like the the world will call somebody like that a pushover. A nerd. (coughs) People like that gets bullied in school. So, we are taught and we are raised to not be bullied but here in scripture it's almost like no that wasn't right you you should turn the other cheek when you get slapped it doesn't even stop there verse 44 says but I say to you love your enemies Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those, pray for those who spitefully use you. And persecute you. That you may be sons of the Father to heaven. For he makes the sun shine on the just, on the evil, and on the good. Sorry, guys. And he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust therefore, be perfect like your Father in heaven. Every time that gets me. Um, you know, as I was thinking through these scriptures, I was like, Lord, how can I do this? He's like, well, I told you I Strengthen your spirit. Pray and fast. Stop feeding your flesh. Stop engaging with the world. That's how. Seek. And you will find. Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. The righteousness that's been told uh, even when Abraham. And the righteousness is that we believe everything that God says. And that we actually act in it. You know, how can we believe something if we just look at it and we're just like, uh, okay. And the final thing that dawned on me when I was reading Matthew 5, these scriptures that's always been, I've always been struggling with them That's the only way we can live in, in peace. Think about it. Like I've always thought about it, just from my point of view. But if I stop thinking about it from my point of view, if I think about it as a unit, there's millions and however many people in the kingdom of heaven. That's the only way they can get a lot. That's the only way it can work. We see the opposite in this world and it doesn't work. We have wars and we have strife and we have anger, we have jealousy, we have envy. That's the only way it can work. And God is preparing us for his kingdom. God is preparing us for heaven. I'm going to stop the message then. I want to encourage you this morning. You know, we are a family in this church. You know, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother and my father. So brothers and sisters, those that are and those that are to come. I want to urge you to step into the kingdom of heaven because I am convert. that 100% it's much better than anything that this world can offer us. I want to urge you to feed your spirit. I want to urge you to break away from the Systems of this world, I want to urge you to stop feeding your flesh. I want to urge you to step into. God has saved you, God has purchased you. You belong to Him. And He wants to take you deeper. But it starts with you. You have to seek. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.